This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome back. It's Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here as the Mariners head to Boston to start a four-game series that will cover the weekend. It should be a very fun series after an off day yesterday. A couple games against the Dodgers. We'll go over the Dodgers series. We'll talk about what the Mariners are staring at when it comes to the Boston Red Sox as this very tough stretch of the schedule continues. But so far, so good with the Mariners off to a really strong start. That was a dynamite series against L.A. Just a quick two-gamer, which is that's the unfortunate part. Man, that's one where... Uh, it was just so good. Two really good games. Mariners playing at a high level. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, of course, the defending World Series champions. We've talked about the stretch of schedule being so difficult, starting with the Astros series. They take two of three from the Astros. They split with the Dodgers. So far, so good. That was a great ball game on Monday against L.A., especially defensively. We talked about it going in. The numbers in terms of defensive runs saved for the Mariners have not been good so far this season coming into the Dodgers series. But a team potentially can be very much better defensively than they've been so far this season. And they showed that off in the series, uh, game one of the series against L.A. Yeah, they got some serious punch early in the ball game with the long ball. Here's the stretch and the right-handers 2-1 pitch. Marmaleosa swinging a drive deep to right field. This one is going to be gone. Goodbye baseball. Line drive. Home run into the lower deck. Holy smokes. Number three on the year for Jose Marmaleos. He turns around a pitch from Dustin May. Rides it out of here. The Mariners have a 2-0 lead over the Dodgers here in the bottom of the first inning. One of the more interesting home runs you'll ever see. It barely was high enough to get over the wall. Just smashed on a line. I think it was 116 off the bat. I mean, just crushed and just got over the wall. Perhaps would have went through the wall had it been a little bit lower. But Mariners got off to a great start with that blast. Taylor Trammell going yard. This was an impressive one, too. Here's a swing and a drive deep into the gap in left center field. And this one is going and going and goodbye baseball. Taylor Trammell with an opposite field home run out to the pen. His third home run of the season. Impressive homer as the Mariners and Dodgers were trading punches after that. A 3-0 lead. Dodgers would strike back. But really, what won this game for the Mariners, just tremendous defense throughout the contest. Here's the stretch, and the 0-1 to Pollock. Swung on, little pop-up behind first base down the right field line. White going back, dives, and he makes the catch. Oh, my goodness. What a play by Evan White. He didn't give up on it. Going down the right field line in foul territory. Made a quick adjustment to his right. Dole for the ball. Going away from the infield, down the line. And he makes 
a basket catch over his shoulder. What a play by Evan White. One out for the Dodgers here in the top of the fourth, and that kid can do it all with a glove. And the play of the game. The pitch. Swung on and hit. Oh, what a catch. A diving, leaping catch by Dylan Moore. Inning over. It was a line drive. Stepped to his left. Got airborne. Made the play. That's the end of the top of the seventh inning. Game two went to the Dodgers. Game one goes to the Mariners, four to three. Game two to the Dodgers, one nothing. A brilliant pitching performance. Actually, both pitchers on their game as Marco, he was excellent. Marco into that walking wind up the pitch. Slow breaking ball, swung on and hit right up the middle. J.P. Crawford waiting for it, makes the catch. 13 consecutive hitters retired by Marco Gonzalez. Duel in the sun here in Seattle. Dodgers will win one nothing. Urias was on his game. Man, he was great. Career high, 11 uh, strikeouts. The Mariners just muster one hit. Marco was excellent, but not enough as the Dodgers get the win one nothing. Marco goes seven, allows two hits, one run, one walk, six punches as the Mariners split with the Dodgers. It's one of those hat-tip ball games. If it wasn't for a squibber off the end of the bat by Mitch Hanniger, Mariners may be staring at a no-hitter against as Arias ends up going seven, allowing one hit, no runs, one walk, 11 strikeouts, a career high. So Dodgers strike back with a game-two win. So now uh, we'll turn our attention to the Red Sox. First, though, what was most significant for the Mariners about game two, the return of Kyle Lewis. And here's what Kyle had to say after the ball game. I got your first game back. Probably felt good to get out there, but facing a guy that was really dotting it today in areas probably wasn't exactly ideal either. I mean, I wouldn't say that. It's, you know, it's the big leagues, and, you know, every game is going to be tough. You know, you got a lot of respect for everybody you play. So I was just trying to get good pitches to hit. I felt like, you know, I put good swings, hit the ball hard, and uh, so I kind of did what I wanted to do. Kyle, how good did it feel to just be back in the batter's box in the center field, um, probably a way longer than you wanted to be? Just how, how did it feel to be back today? Uh, very special. You know, I think that I never take it for granted being able to play. And uh, so anytime I'm able to run out there, put the uniform on is always special. And especially after, you know, being out for a little bit, you know, definitely a lot of energy, a lot of adrenaline going. So, you know, I was happy with it and just excited to get out there. What did you see from your teammates when you were away? Man, the guys play, play for each other. And, um, you know, it's a great locker room, great group of guys. And so I just try to jump in and fit in where I can. But, you know, it's a great group. And the guys have been playing hard, been winning games. So it definitely was an easy energy to jump right into. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk to you after you hit your knee against the wall. When you did it, did you think you'd be out this long? And, and what was it like dealing with it? Like, was there just stiffness or what was it like? Uh, I would say that I definitely didn't anticipate being out, you know, for this amount of time. But um, I didn't necessarily hit my knee against the wall, you know. And so uh, it just kind of was something that I think – you know, it just kind of happens over the course of being an athlete, you know, trying to be athletic and, and make plays. And so, you know, you never know, especially with, you know, knees as far as my experiences in the past, you never know, you know, timetables because it's tough to, you know, put a value on those kind of things. So I just tried to take it day by day and, you know, it ended up being, you know, the amount of time that it was. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, when you 
try to be athletic, try to make plays, you know, sometimes, you know, things happen. Tom, what was the alternate training site environment like? And did you feel like you were able to get the reps you needed at the plate and in the field? Uh, obviously a little bit challenging because you're playing in simulated games, but uh, what was that environment like? The alternate site was a good environment to be able to get at bats. You know, a lot of good arms there. And a lot of our guys, you know, really spinning the ball well, throwing the ball well down there. So um, it was a great environment as far as me being able to get the work I need to get in and then going out into the outfield and uh, and we would play simulated games and I'd be able to play the balls live if I needed to or, you know, to shoot them out of machine, you know, in between hitters. So it was a good setup. I was able to get my work in, be out on my feet for a long time and, you know, try to get acclimated, get my muscles back acclimated. So overall, I was happy with it. There was Kyle Lewis. The other good news that came, Ty France was hit in the first game, was not in the starting lineup in game two, but did appear as a pinch hitter in game two. So I anticipate that we'll see what has been a red-hot top of the order with Hanniger at the top, Ty France after that, Seeger, and then Kyle Lewis. So the first four in the same lineup for the first time this season, which is pretty exciting. And the Mariners are going to need all kinds of punch as they play the Red Sox in a four-game series starting tonight. It is going to be a good one. The Red Sox playing great baseball. They were swept by Baltimore to start the season, and since then they have been blazing hot. Red Sox, the best record in the American League currently, and their offense has just exploded this year. You know, without some of the familiar names that we've been accustomed to during the course of the season, uh, last few years at least, but that has not stopped them this year. They have the best team WRC plus in the major leagues at 126, just ahead of the Angels, who happen to be uh, in this stretch as well for the Mariners. Red Sox have scored more runs than anyone else. Uh, They're hitting 287 as a team so far this year. They're slugging 472 as a team this year. Both are best in Major League Baseball. They're just smashing the ball all over the yard. The one-two punch that's been really dynamic so far this season. I guess you could say one-two-three punch that's been so dynamic this year. Xander Bogart's off to a great start so far this season, slashing 385, 429, 585 in the young season. Rafael Devers hitting for a lot of power. He's gone yard five times. J.D. Martinez off to a great start as well. Six long balls, eight doubles, slashing 368, 427, 750 so far this season. So they've been fierce offensively. The rotation has been better than advertised for the most part as well. So the Mariners will certainly have their hands full against the team with uh, the best record in baseball. Best record in the American League, rather. Dodgers with the best record in baseball at 14 and 4 now. The Red Sox 12 and 7 and leading the East. They are coming off a loss, but the Red Sox already with 103 runs scored so far this season. In terms of how the rotations shake out, these are the pitching matchups starting tonight. Nick Pavetta will go for the Boston Red Sox, a guy with a pretty good heater, uh, sits 95 on the fastball. A lot of the other numbers under the hood haven't been great despite some Pretty good surface uh, surface level results so far this season. A 3.68 ERA so far in three starts, 14 innings, 11 walks, and 14 strikeouts. He's allowed just one home run, but the walks has been 
Something he has fought against all season, so we'll see if the Mariners can take advantage of that. Meanwhile, Justin Dunn will go for the Mariners. He was marvelous his last time out. Yusei Kikuchi will get the ball in Game 2. By the way, first pitch tonight at 4-10. Uh, 4-10 start on Friday as well. Kikuchi will go against Martin Perez, the veteran who has an ERA near 6. It's been a struggle for him so far. Day baseball on Saturday, 10-10. First pitch, Chris Flexen will go against Evaldi. And then uh, TBA coming up on Sunday. Eduardo Rodriguez will go for the Red Sox, still to be announced. That's a 10-10 first pitch coming up on Sunday as well. So a four-gamer against the Boston Red Sox starting tonight. This should be a very, very fun series. And to celebrate, we're going to have some laughs as we're not going to have a chance to be in Boston and catch up with one of our favorites, uh, the longtime Hall of Fame voice of the Boston Red Sox, Joe Castiglione. Of course, last time he was in Seattle, we had a chance to catch up with Joe, and we had some fun with one of the best there is. And welcome back to T-Mobile Park. It is time for the Emerald Queen Casino Roundtable. Gary Hill joined by Rick Riz, Aaron Goldsmith, and a very special guest with us, Boston Red Sox Hall of Famer, Joe Casiglione. Joe, thanks for coming by. An early visit to Seattle for you this year. Well, it's great. We love coming in the summer because it never rains. Of course, we've been dry while we've been here, but... Uh, this is one of our favorite ports to visit. There's so much to do here in such a beautiful area, although the games have not been too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we always have to check in. You, Whenever you're here, Joe, you're either uh, biking around U-Dub or you're out on a kayak in Lake Union. What were you doing this Well, trip? we had the off day, so we did both. Yeah, really? Yeah, took nice. Josh wow. Lou and I, we went uh, kayaking on Lake Union, and uh, we're down Orsilla, now in San Diego, famously capsized several years ago, <laughs> and pulled a groin muscle or so, he said. <laughs> And the biking around UW is great. Uh, uh, there was a softball game going on, and uh, there were a big power there, I guess, huh? You do some play-by-play? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short porch, though, and left. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. What was it like to win it again, Joe, for you? Well, this was, they're all different, uh, Rick. 04 was all about the greatest comeback of all time, winning one for dead relatives, ending the curse. 07 was wire to wire. The best team in baseball. Uh, 13 was about Boston Strong after the marathon yeah. bombings, the way everybody pulled together. And last year was just about a special group of guys uh, who set records with 119 wins, 108 regular season, 11-3 and three in the postseason. It's probably the best group of uh, guys we've ever had in terms of their ability and uh, their camaraderie and their personalities. Uh, they really pulled together. This was no more 25 uh, players, 25 cabs. This group is really together. And uh, only one change uh, right now from last year, from last year's team that finished, only Colton Brewer is new right now. I was thinking about Mookie Betts, getting to watch him every day must be such a pleasure. The year he had last year, you've seen a lot of great offensive years in your time with Boston. Is there one that sticks out above any others just in terms of individual seasons? Well, we saw Wade Boggs hit over 360 several times, and... uh, of course, David Ortiz with his heroics, and I was there for Yaz's last year, and he still could hit a fastball of 44. But as far as an all-around threat, the Mookie Betts has it all. He's a five-tool player, and he's such a great athlete. I mean, he's bowled several 300 games. <laughs> he's 5'9". He can dunk a basketball from a standing still start, and uh, he. we watched him run a pass pattern. <laughs> he hadn't played yeah. football since high school, but we – and uh, he's just amazing. He's a tremendous athlete, but he's so well-grounded. 
And the great thing about Mookie, if you watch him, his reaction when a teammate hits a home run, he's happier when that teammate hits a home run than when he's the guy that does it. And he really sets the tone. He's really the team leader. Uh, Joe, you, in the process of calling the World Series this past season, you were a part of one of the most historic games in World Series history, and that was the 18-inning marathon in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, it went to the Dodgers on Max Muncy's walk-off home run, but it really kind of created this this all-time Red Sox cult hero in Nathan Evaldi, who, of course, resigned with the ball club. But what was that game like? What was it like broadcasting a game where you needed a couple of meals once uh, <laughs> regulation ended? You know, when most things go on, you get caught up in it, and uh, they don't seem that long. And actually, where there are a lot of quick innings without many threats. The Red Sox did take the lead in the 13th, I think it was, and then Kinsler made an error, gave it back. But Ovaldi threw 97 pitches, and he just pitched the, the day before in relief. Offered to pitch the next day. But that really brought the team together losing that game because Alex Carr, before the media got in there, called the team together and uh, congratulated them on a great effort and then singled out Evaldi and the players all gave Evaldi a standing ovation and the next day they had a team breakfast and Evaldi offered to pitch again that same that next day in game four and I walked in the clubhouse to do the manager's show the players were just arriving and it was such a happy atmosphere it wasn't like they just lost this grueling seven hour 18 inning game and I, I think Alex helped create that feeling by his reaction to that tough loss. What has Alex Cora meant to your ball club? Great job last year. First year as a major league manager. Well, he's a great communicator, Rick. And when he played, we thought he'd be a manager. And uh, he's, of course, bilingual, and uh, that's a big factor. But he really knows players. He knows the psyche of players, uh, what makes them go and what they need to hear. And he's got an open door. He's a really good communicator. And and knows the game inside and out. And I think he's not afraid to ask a question if uh, he's not sure of something. you got a veteran bench coach in Ron Renicki, whom he played for in the Dodgers system, I think at San Antonio in A, And he relies on his staff quite a bit. He's a good delegator as well. But he really does know how to deal with players. You know, Joe, people can listen to you all across the world whenever they want uh, online with the At-Bat app. And years before the At-Bat app was even a thing, I first heard you on the actual radio in New England when I was a broadcast intern for the Bourne Braves in the Cape Cod Baseball League, Joe. And ever since I first heard you, along with liking your call so much, there's one thing that always stands out to me when I think about Joe Castiglione, and that is Shaw's. <laughs> you sound like Aaron Boone. He mimics me. Now, now no, Joe. He's not the only one. He goes, Joe Castiglione for Shaw's in Star Market. I say, Aaron, uh, the uh, strawberries are 99 cents a pike this week <laughs> now joe I'm, I'm ambushing you here okay our good friend and yours as well a great friend actually kevin kremen is oh, engineering yes. for you right we're, now we're very fortunate to have kevin now kevin came in here to use our printer to print some promos for you and he knows how much i love joe castiglione for shots so he dropped <laughs> off for us a couple of reads okay. joe. and if you would would you be so kind here's the first one for you we'd like to hear now through thursday april 4th Find a home run of a deal with select varieties of signature select pizza, pepperoni, five cheese, spicy Italian sausage, and more for only three ninety nine each. Only at Shaw's. 
the official supermarket of the Boston Red Sox radio network. He just made his day. Because <laughs> one, one's not enough. Second read on this one uh, is short and sweet, but right to the point. Shaz is going to love this one. Now through <laughs> Thursday, April 4th, value packs of 80% lean ground beef on sale for only two forty nine a pound, only at Shaw's, the official supermarket of the Boston Red Sox radio network. If you hit Aaron Boone with that, he will he will tell you all about the price of the strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing shots for? Uh, I think they've been our, our prime sponsor. Uh, they sponsor the whole network. It's and it's about fifteen years. Now, do you, have and, you ever uh, paid for anything at Shaw's? <laughs> <laughs> the only perk I get is when I go into my local Shaw's, which is about a mile from my house, the manager sees me and opens up a cashier lane so I don't have to wait in line. Wow. So. It's worth it. That's great. That's a great perk. <laughs> that is a great perk. It place. really is. And, uh, you know, it's, it saves you a lot of time. Yeah. And, now, does anybody ever, when they open up the extra lane, does somebody see that and then file in behind you? Then they oh, close yeah, the definitely. Gate definitely. Oh, yeah. Yes, and I get dirty looks, too, from the other patrons, <laughs> but, uh, they don't read it's that well worth it. So I'm the grocery shopper in my house when we're in town, and, yeah. uh, you know the deal. It's only good Shaw's yeah. <laughs> and Star Market. <laughs> uh, my day, my week, and my season is now complete. Uh, the Born Braves, I've seen their games. Have you? Yes. All right. Very nice. Cape Cod League is great. It is a great spot. It's a wonderful place. And uh, a, a good, many young broadcasters are going to start these days in the Cape League. Yeah, they really are with the Internet, and uh, it's, uh, it's a great training ground. Of course, baseball every day. Sure. Joe, this is a blast as always. We can't thank you enough. Well, we love Seattle. We hate to leave here, but who knows, October? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's great, Joe. Thanks a lot. Great to see you, Joe. All right. Thank you thank so you. much, guys. Care, uh, that's fantastic. The Shaws loves you, too. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. Yes. <laughs>